Hello, and welcome to Mountain Talk. I'm your host, Rachel Geringer. WMMT's Women's History Month series continues on this episode with one of our favorite Appalachian women musicians, Amethyst Kia. Amethyst is a powerful singer, songwriter, guitar, and banjo player from Johnson City, Tennessee. In November of 2016, she joined WMMT's DJ Aunt Bernice on Pine Mountain Morning's Feminist Friday radio show for an interview. Later that evening, she performed live in the Apple Shop Theater with the local Honeys for the first ever Feminist Friday concert. We'll hear excerpts from both their conversation and her performance on this episode.
y'all. You are tuned in to WMMT 88.7 FM. Low on your dial, but high in your hearts. Um, and as promised, we have a special guest in the studio with us, the Amethyst Kia. <laughs> <laughs> so excited to have her here for a big live performance tonight that we've been talking about for uh over a month now. We can't stop talking about it. We're so excited to have Amethyst Kia and the local honeys here in the Intimate Apple Shop studio tonight at 7 o'clock. So we hope you're planning to be down here with us for that big adventure. Thanks for joining us, Amethyst. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really yeah. excited to be here. So <laughs> Amethyst got to experience our brand new Taco Bell this morning. <laughs> I was pretty... Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because like, <clears throat> I'm at a point now where... Like I've decided, I've pretty much I've gone completely vegan. So uh, there's breakfast in the morning at a fast food restaurant is not uh, not as easy to come by. But I've been I've been tipped off to the ways of Taco Bell and how you can have like a substantial you know meal you know as substantial as a fast food meal can be. And from there and ever since then, it's like it's really saved my life, especially traveling on the road and stuff. So. Uh, so anyway, I was glad to know that there was one here, uh, because now I'm, I'm on the way to being a much happier person this morning. <laughs> I'm not a morning person at all. So, uh, so I, but I was like, I want to be on the show this morning. So I just, I sucked it up. Yeah. I, I feel this. Every, and you have to do it every morning. Every Friday morning. So like, there's no morning. excuse why I can't do it, you know. <laughs> every Friday morning, I feel like I'm making a great sacrifice. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for my people. Like, yes. Okay, we are gonna make this morning feminist the best we can. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Um. So you are on a solo tour this weekend, right? Uh. Yeah. So after I play Apple Shop tonight, tomorrow I'm gonna head up to um, Urbana, Illinois. I don't know if I'm even pronouncing that right or not, <laughs> but it's spelled U R B A N A, and it's mm. about two hours south of Chicago. Um. And uh, I'll be going to be playing the CU Folk and Roots Festival, um, which is a pretty big deal up there. I know that like Hubby Jenkins is like one of the people playing. It's one of the headliners, um, and oh. some other folks. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but um, but it's. I was really impressed, and uh, I was really honored to be asked to do it. So um, yeah, it's like a. It's be interesting because it's like a seven hour drive from here, Ooh. and my my first set's gonna be at seven thirty. So. We'll just uh I'll make it. Just uh dad my dad's gonna drive and I'm just gonna nap on the way up there, which'll That's really be helpful. Um I could obviously drive, but like that yeah. If anytime anytime you have a, a, a good person in your life that you trust that can go with you on a solo tour, like it, it, let it happen because <laughs> you're gonna have moments where you're you know gonna wish you were had more sleep you're not gonna have all the sleep that you need all the time you know so so yeah so i'm doing that and uh, i'm really excited Aww. about it so so yeah and then i'll be heading back to johnson city on sunday so awesome that's a big weekend yeah yeah kick off november yep um what'd you do for halloween halloween <clears throat> halloween was so much fun um let's see well, on the 29th, I did a uh, EP release show, which was Halloween themed. Um, so my the fish the EP I released it officially on Bandcamp on um, October 28th, 
and um, it's not it right now. It's still in process, pending to be available on Spotify and iTunes and stuff like that. So I'm just waiting for all that red tape to get crossed, and then um, and then Saturday night we had the EP release party, and. <clears throat> It was an amazing turnout, and there was so much going on on the 29th, too, that same weekend, like in Bristol and um, and in Johnson City, so it was really cool that the amount of people came out that they did, and um, we sold quite a bit of CDs, and we also got t-shirts, too, so sold quite a bit of t- CDs and t-shirts, and um, it was really great, and almost all the people that were a part of the album were able to be there. So that was also really cool. I mean, obviously the band was there, but, um, uh, the Travis K Meyer, the guy that, um, uh, uh, recorded and also as associate producer was there, um, helping out with sound. And then Aaron Dalton, who's a, uh, a composer from Johnson city. She wrote string. She wrote the string parts for meth which is on the EP, and she was able to be there. And then um, we had, <clears throat> oh, what are their names? Andrew Andrew Oliver and Evan Rice from a local band called Demon Waffle. Um, they're like a local ska band. Um, they played trombone and saxophone on um, Hangover Blues and Another Man Done Gone. And they were able to be there, and they actually had a Halloween show across the street from us. <laughs> so they, like, hopped over to to play our to play the first two songs on our show and then they went back over across the street um and uh did i did i mention cody ledford cody ledford played cello on the album evie andrews couldn't make it um she had she actually had another show we're all very super busy so it was really cool that we got most of the people to be able to to be around to 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 be part of it so awesome a full family affair yeah it was awesome so will you have some copies of that album tonight yes i will yay great i'll have some have some t-shirts too if anybody wants any oh that's good news (laughs) yeah good news for us and the honeys often travel with local honey yeah (laughs) yes so you can get some merch and some honey tonight in the apple shop theater i love that Ooh, so you've been touring a bunch. So you have solo tour this weekend, but you've been playing with your full band, right? The yeah. Um, our biggest gig that we played recently was um, the John the John F. Kennedy Performing Arts Center in Ooh, Washington D.C. That is big. Excuse me. The the John F. Kennedy Center of Performing Arts. That's the <laughs> the full on name. I think I flipped a couple words backwards. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we we did that, and that was the first time that I've actually been nervous to perform in a while, just because of like, you know, where we were, and uh, and most of us had like sweaty palms, and you know, uh, but we we we. We did really well. Um, we sold, and that was, we also had some CDs available there to sell and uh, sold all the ones that I brought. So it, that was a, a great sort of testing ground for, okay, we're playing this show in this place and will people want to buy merch? And they totally did. So um, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, first time playing in DC. So it was a nice way to break into the market that way. Um, and so and they also streamed it live too so i know it's on their website and their archives if anybody wants to go and check it out um from what i could tell you won't tell that we were nervous so that'll be good <laughs> but uh, but yeah that was just a 
milestone experience for us. And then we also played the Atlanta Pride Festival this past summer, too. Or awesome. When was that? October. It was on October 8th. And we did that, which is another huge like milestone as a band. Um, prior to both of those shows, and actually uh, before I came to Seed Time to do a solo set, I traveled overseas for a couple weeks. Um, I played in England and Scotland, and I played on a couple of the islands off the coast of Scotland and was able to um, be over there for about two and a half weeks playing shows. I got to play the Edinburgh Jazz and Blues Festival and the Cambridge Folk Festival is two of the, the, two, bigger, the two bigger ones. And I also got to play um, the Southern Fried Festival for the second time this year, um, oh. which that festival is the reason why I'm, I'm able to tour in the UK now. Um, because the director of that festival, his name's Andy Shearer. He started a booking agency, and he's booking me and um, some of the other folks that were part of the festival. He books for the McCrary Sisters now, and um, a woman, he books for a woman named Megan Blanchard, who's from uh, Prince Edward Island in Canada. And he also books for Yola Carter, who is from Bristol, um, England. And... They're all like just phenomenal musicians, just amazing. So it was cool that we're all kind of like on this little cool little team getting it, getting to getting a tour. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, and I'm also in the works of going back again, uh, late January or in into early February. Still waiting to hear back on a few leads here and there, but like I'll I will be um, going back again during the winter. So that'll be interesting because I've heard about apparently they have like those really long winter days over there, which I've only ever been over to the UK during the summer. So this will be a, a whole new experience to to have that I'm really looking forward to. So, yeah, that is pretty amazing. Yeah. You are busy. <laughs> trying, trying to stay busy. So <laughs> so when you're <clears throat> home for a few days, do you do do you write? Do you practice? What do you do in your off time when you're not on the road? Um, off time. Um, I do do some writing. I do do practice. And we also have like band rehearsal, too. Um, and then I really like to when I can, I really like to um, go see live shows. I like to go support local music whenever I can. So I go out. A lot of the things I do are, end up being local. Um, they have some cool stuff that's going on now in Kingsport, Tennessee. And there's cool stuff going on in Johnson City. Um, cool stuff going on in Bristol. So I like to go and support live music when I can and live entertainment in general. Um, and uh, I've just recently started getting back into like reading. Like just like... Well, I mean, I read like online articles and stuff, but like actually like like sitting off not with a, looking at a screen and actually just reading mm -hmm. on paper, um, which is kind of a big deal because like your it seems like your brain completely changes when it's looking at like I don't know if it's just because like, it's a tangibility or whatever mechanisms go on in your brain when you're looking at a screen and scrolling because there's always a lot of other stuff going on other than just reading something. So to just have something in front of my face and just reading it without like, you know, scrolling or hitting links and stuff like I'm just looking at a piece of paper. Um, there's something kind of interesting about it, like your brain slows down and actually processes what you're reading a lot better. So anyway, I've been trying to do that. So. That's, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I feel that a lot. I'm like trying. 
It is. I wouldn't even say on air the number of books I've read since college from cover to cover. You know, oh, like right. it's so yeah. embarrassingly low <laughs> the number. Um, yeah. But I've been trying really hard. So yeah. I'm dying to know what your reading detail. Well, what's fu- <laughs> well, what's funny is that the, what I've started reading is actually two uh, academic articles. <laughs> from grad school <laughs> that I didn't that I never got to read um so that's that's my way of easing on back into like a book uh, <laughs> but one of the ones I, I just finished reading was uh, one about uh, Big Mama Thornton oh my gosh I played her earlier on the show nice played Hound Dog yeah earlier. man that's she great. is like Ugh, yeah my goodness and so this woman I can't remember her <clears throat> name her last name's Mahone um I can't remember her first name right now but she's a she's a anthropologist and an ethnomusicologist, and she wrote an article about Big Mama Thornton, and really explored like how, and it was interesting because she kind of paralleled like how her, what she termed as like liberated black femininity, how that influenced like people like Elvis. Mm-hmm. Like that embodiment of just like being assertive, feeling free, not, you know, being able to perform and not feel like she had to adhere to some sort of like, you know, like a cult of domesticity or like this sort of like this damsel in distress that's, you know, kind of been heralded as being like the ultimate womanhood kind of thing in our society. And there's this one thing that she said that I thought was interesting uh, that uh, Mahone used a, a quote from an interview that she had, I think back in the, I want to say in the sixties where, she, where big mama Thornton talks about how there are some men, even men that she played music with that came across like they were jealous of her because like she would ask about, Hey, what am I getting paid? Like basic things like, Hey, are you going to show me respect and respect me and value me? Like her asking those kind of questions, like she would be called, you know, all kinds of names because she wanted to be treated like a human. And she made the comment, you know, when I go on stage, I don't try to be pretty. I was born pretty. And that really <laughs> like resonated with me. I was like, wow, that is so cool. So, but anyway, like, yeah, I mean, she just, that the whole article was amazing and it just kind of explored like her, her stage presence and how it influenced other artists and, how some of those artists in turn responded to her um, were like Janis Joplin, um, unlike Elvis, who he, you know, refused to like have her open for him or play any of his shows, which she was obviously very bitter about that. Janis Joplin was like, oh my gosh, I love you. You're inspiring me. Come open some shows for me. Like she was very like embracing of her and like wanted her, even though like, <laughs> Big Mama Thornton is the one that recorded the song first and had a play in writing it. But, you know, because of the times, you know, white artists had a better chance of like catapulting in the charts a lot more because of segregation or whatever. And just the fact that, you know, in the 50s, you had this white male who was just kind of like, yeah, okay, cool, you know, like kind of keeping distance. And then you get into like the 60s and early 70s and then you have this, you know, this white woman who obviously the times have changed even more so than in the fifties, who's like actually embracing her um, and recognizing her as being an influence. Whereas it's known that Elvis had Big Mama Thornton along other stacks of records of like, you know, Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters and stuff like that. But like he wouldn't really recognize, you know, 
black artists, you know, as being an influence, like openly recognize it. Whereas you had Janis Joplin who was like, Oh my God, you're amazing. I love you. And you, sh I want you to, I want to play with you. Like, so it was just interesting to kind of see like over the years, how, how long it took before Big Mama Thornton actually got any kind of respect. But even now that she's still not really talked about when people talk about rock and roll, like people talk about Elvis and people talk about Little Richard, but people don't talk about a lot of the female artists mm -hmm. that had, that had, you know, just as pivotal of a role in the music. So um, it was, anyway, it was a great article. So yeah. Let the choir say amen. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> I'm doing okay for whatever, 930 in the morning, yes, I guess. Yes, yeah, that was a thesis. I'm so, I want to read the rest of it. <laughs> I want you to write all this. Mm -hmm. um, wow, yeah. Um, even here on the radio station, we have there are several really great rock shows, and they're two hours long, and sometimes they play two hours of men. And I'll call the station and say, what was that? What was that? Get out of here. And so it's been like a funny thing that I'm the, you know, like I'm the police that'll call in and be like, I heard a woman on this station in an hour. <laughs> What's the problem? As you should, as you should, you know, because that's the thing is, because that's the thing is there's, there's so many people that, like, it's been ingrained in all of us in this society to think certain things and make certain assumptions about different types of people. And so I think in a lot of cases, people don't really, not everybody, but a lot of people don't realize what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't bring it up, because obviously if you bring it up, some people are going to get defensive Oh, some, yeah. And then some people Big will, thing. some people will be defensive. Some people will be passive aggressive. Like that's going to happen because anytime anybody's challenged with their beliefs, like there's going to be pushback, obviously. But like, if you don't bring it up at all, then, you know, there's always going to be at least that one or two people that are actually that you're going to stop and think about it. And that's who you want to get, you know, and as time goes on, hopefully, you know, more and more people will understand but if you don't ever say anything then you know and i've i've had to learn that because i've i've personally dealt with this kind of struggle of like knowing that something wasn't right and then not you know not saying anything because i didn't want people to be mad at me or like you know what if people don't buy my music if i say these things or whatever um and i'm almost 30 years old and now and i'm just like ah that's not you know i've got to like there's a way to do it where you can be constructive and I would rather figure out how to be constructive and say what needs to be said than to just not say anything. Because obviously you can tell somebody something and it not go over well. But if you know you've been constructive, if you know what you're saying is right and the other person gives you pushback, then at least you tried, you know. And that's what I'm that's what I've been working up more courage to, like, challenge things and not and do it in a way where I know that I did it the best way I could. I mean, that's all we can really do. So. Amen. Yeah. Conflict resolution lessons with Amethyst Kia. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> if you're just tuned in, we're glad you are. You've almost missed it, but you're here now <laughs> on WMMT Feminist Friday um, with Amethyst Kia. And she's going to send us out with a little preview of tonight's live performance here at the Apple Shop. All right, cool. So this one's called uh, Wildebeest. It's from the album that just came out last Friday. Um, Self-titled Amethyst Key in her chest of glass.
My baby wrote me a letter This what it said If you come around here again I'm gonna shoot you till you're dead Well, it ain't no mystery I put red wine on your new girl's white dress You was my darling with dark eyes But now you're the devil that wants me dead My baby's hands was covered in letters They said loving hand But when them hands would touch me the Lord my skin would bounce away I was a banshee in the night, but now I'm the one that got To see that, to see the full unedited version, come on tonight <laughs> to the Apple Shop Theater to see Amethyst Kia. You heard it here first. Uh, lots more of that to come tonight here at the Apple Shop with special guest local honeys. Um, thanks, y'all, for listening to Feminist Friday, and we'll see you tonight. Thank you, Amethyst. All right, thank you. Looking forward wonderful. to it. You're listening to Mountain Talk on WMMT 88.7 FM, broadcasting from the Apple Shop in Whitesburg, Kentucky. That was Amethyst Kia chatting with DJ Aunt Bernice in our studio in November of 2016. Tune in to WMMT every Friday morning from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. for Feminist Fridays with DJ Aunt Bernice on Pine Mountain Mornings. That's 88.7 FM on your radio dial, or you can stream at www.wmmt.org. 
On the remainder of this week's show, we'll hear excerpts from Amethyst's live performance here at Apple Shop in November 2016. On the last song, Amethyst is joined on stage by the local honeys who'd performed earlier that evening. This was the uh, the title track off of the the new EP, and the EP is called "Amethyst Key in Her Chest of Glass." It's a uh, it's my um, blues rock band project, so I'll be giving you the acoustic version of those songs. And uh, this one is actually one from a woman named Vera Hall. Um, yeah, I love that when I say Vera Hall, and people are like, "Yeah, Vera Hall!" I'm just like, at least you feel good. Um, it doesn't happen all the time, believe it or not. Um, when I say Moby, people know who that is. But uh, but anyway, so <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So this is um, a song that um, this is this one, and then I do another. There's another Vera's Hall song that I also do that um, I just loved her voice and um, just. As being a guitarist, I just wanted to add chords and do some other stuff with it. Um, and I also wrote the second verse to to kind of throw in here too. Um, but uh, this one's called Trouble So Hard. Trouble so hard Don't know about 
pain in the room Everywhere I go in pain I didn't uh, breathe in on that last one. I almost lost my breath there. That happens sometimes. Um, let's see here. So I'll do this uh, this other one, and unfortunately, uh, my uh, solo album didn't uh, come in time before I left, so I don't have any of the solo album with me, but. Um, it is on Bandcamp and iTunes and all that stuff too. If you wanted, if you wanted to check that out, um, and this song is off of that album. It's one I wrote a little, a long, long time ago. It's called "Doomed to Rome." My mom and dad 
desert land mm -hmm. I told them things were going well But they knew it was a lie They said good dog was This is a song I wrote uh, a little earlier, I guess it's 2016, I think it was earlier this year. No, it was last year I wrote it. They all runs together after a while. Um, I wrote the song uh, late last year, and uh, it's about hoping to goodness that what the relationship that you're in is going to work out. It's just about like uncertainty and insecurities and uh, and sort of just you know, dealing with, uh, with that kind of stuff. So it's called the worst. Oh uh -huh. 
I love to watch you dance I wanna tell you how I feel when I see you dance But my mouth won't move Cause I always assume the word Always Assume Cause nothing else can be until I'm in my grave. I always assume and when you. This one's my, uh... actually, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to play my banjo for a second. Y'all don't mind. <laughs> so um, it's funny that this song, or my performance of this song actually it was famous on Reddit for about a month, which is kind of crazy. Um, I recorded, um, I did a video of me playing this song. A friend of mine back home uh, took a video of me in, uh, in Bristol. It was for a, a, a contest to be on an album called Orthophonic Joy. And basically, you, uh, it was, it's all contemporary artists um, 
re-recording um, songs from the Bristol Sessions, the 1927-28 Bristol Sessions. And um, I entered this song in the contest and I got to, got to the, the top four finalists, which was really cool. And, um, and this, this was made back in 2014. So um, about several months ago, I just all of a sudden noticed all these people subscribing to my YouTube channel and I was like, I haven't put up a video in like a year, so I don't understand why everybody's subscribing to my YouTube all of a sudden. And then someone, a couple people sent me a link saying, hey, your video's on Reddit that you did two years ago. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, say what? Oh, I don't know all that. That was my first time actually going on to Reddit for any reason. So I, I didn't know they had a music section. I thought, all the worst things I heard about Reddit is all I'd ever known about it. So I didn't know that they had like good parts in Reddit. So that was good to know, but. <laughs> so this one is, uh, it's called Darling Corey. Dig a hole, dig a hole in the meadow 
People just don't know where to start because it's so overwhelming. Yeah. When you have shows like Feminist Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again uh, for Feminist Friday and uh, Tanya for being awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Matt, for doing the sound and holding everything down for us. And uh, the rock star lighting. Yeah, and the lighting is pretty stellar. I was really excited about the lighting for sure. So it's actually, it's warm. It's not too hot. You know, sometimes you get on well, sometimes you get on stage and it's like the sun's beating down on you. So this is actually pretty reasonable. Um, yeah, it's been it's been great to be here, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah.
That's it for this week's edition of Mountain Talk, featuring a 2016 interview and live performance by Johnson City, Tennessee-based musician Amethyst Kia. Amethyst will be back in Whitesburg on Friday, June 1st for a free performance as a part of Apple Shop's annual Seed Time on the Cumberland Festival. If you'd like to listen to this or previous episodes again, you can find it on our website at www.wmmt.org or Download Mountain Talk as a podcast from SoundCloud. I've been your host, Rachel Geringer, and from all of us at WMMT, thanks for listening to Real People Radio.